0: You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.
1: I would like to begin by paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I am coming to you from today. Land where at Brainwaves we tell our stories – and land where the traditional custodians have told their stories for many, many years before us and continue to tell their stories. I would like to pay my respects to Elders past and present and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners who are listening today. Brainwaves.
0: Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia.
1: Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR, 855am on your dial, app or digitally. Brainwaves is a mental health focused show with a lived experience lens and I'm your host Flick Manning. Joining me on the show today is Peter Hook. Peter is the creator and host of the I Can't Stand podcast. She's a 30-something woman living in Melbourne with cerebral palsy. Peter is a passionate disability advocate who always tries to bring a little bit of joy to your day. The I Can't Stand podcast is a weekly podcast answering questions about life with a disability. Peter's determined to elevate other disabled voices. She's interviewed an extensive number of disabled people from disability advocates, actors, performers politicians, business owners, lawyers, authors, and much more. The podcast can be found on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple, Google, and Spotify. Away from work, Peter is happiest in the sunshine, drinking a margarita with friends, perhaps as we all are. At Brainvase, we have had the privilege of speaking with Peter before, and it's my pleasure to welcome her back today. So Peter, hello again. Hi, Flick. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you again. Me too. Such a thrill. Now, today we're going to be talking about mental health and body image, which has always been an issue societally, but is a growing concern across the globe. Body image is a huge mental health challenge for so many people, especially with social media now so present in our lives and all the expectations and criticisms that come with that. Now, Peter, you actually participated in an amazing event last year to really highlight this issue, and you shared it all across social media. Can you tell our audience all about that, please? Of course. So uh,
0: my mate, Heidi Averson, you might know her. She used to be on Big Brother. She also used to be a radio announcer over in Perth, does this amazing thing. It's called Drunk on Confidence, and she's all about body positivity. And she said, Peter, I'm coming over to Melbourne. Will you do this scary thing that many people might find out of out of their comfort zone? Will you walk, or in my case, wheel, because I'm in a wheelchair? Will you wheel down Burke Street in just your underwear to prove that your body is worthy and is just as beautiful as everybody else's? And I'm not some magic human with absolutely no body issues. Like I definitely had to think about it. But On my podcast and on my social media, I talk about imports of disability representation. And I thought, Peter, you're the one in this opportunity with an obvious
1: disability. You should do it. So that's what we did. We walked down Burke Street in just our underwear. That's amazing. But why did you feel the need to personally get involved in the event? I know you sort of touched on that disability representation aspect, but what did you personally get out of doing that?
0: For me, I think doing things that really challenge yourself, um, things that are out of your comfort zone, is when you really grow. And in the end, it's a day that I'll never forget. We had so many days where we're just doing the normal mundane things like we all have to do, and I'm like, you know what? This is a day that will make me grow as a person. And also, it really helped me with my self-acceptance with my body, with where I am at the moment. Um, And I, I knew it would help a little bit, but I didn't fully appreciate how impactful it would be for me and my confidence going forward. It was really amazing.
1: That's incredible to hear. Now, a lot of people, particularly those that identify as female female or those that are non-binary or gender neutral, often face extreme levels of criticism about their bodies and how they represent them in the world and more. Did you feel any anxiety in the lead up to doing the event? And I guess when you did decide to do it and you started telling people about this thing that was coming up that you're going to get involved in, what was people's general response to that? I was hesitant.
0: Uh, I think that's quite a normal thing. Uh, particularly because the public didn't know we were coming to walk down Burke Street we weren't a formally organized event we were just a group of people who really believed in illustrating you know all different bodies and being confident in our own bodies so I didn't know what the response would be to all of us but also particularly myself being a disabled person um You know, disabled people are often considered asexual. We're often considered sometimes a bit like children. So I thought, you know, it would be an interesting experiment to see what people would think uh, about me in my sexy, black, lacy underwear. And I have to say the response
1: was really positive and respectful. It was super lovely. That's wonderful to hear and I think maybe goes to show that the world is perhaps a little bit more open and ready to tackle body image in a much more positive light. So that's really wonderful to hear and bravo to you again for having the courage to step outside of your comfort zone. So cool. If you are just tuning into Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM on your dial app or digitally, hello, I'm Flick Manning. I'm the host of the show and my special guest for today is the vibrant Peter Hook, disability advocate and host of the popular show, the I Can't Stand podcast. Now, Peter, you have cerebral palsy and you use a wheelchair. I know you talk a lot about that on your podcast. You're very open Mm -hmm. and in many ways, that's the whole reason why you host the show is to talk about disability issues and representation. And I know that people with visible disabilities in particular are often more discriminated against when it comes to body image. How has this affected you personally during your life? I think for me in particular how people view or how I perceive
0: people to view my body is one of two things. One, I'm either not the right size, like I I really struggled to find clothing particularly when I was younger and like for a lot of people that has gotten a lot easier. We've gotten a lot more size inclusive um, and that's really helped my my viewpoint of my body and feeling like my body's okay because it's really hard, you know, if if you can't find sizes of things to actually feel like your body's okay because there's an inherent judgment there, I feel like, from different fashion brands. But on the opposite side, I often think that people with an obvious disability, a lot of the time our our bodies aren't considered as a normal body, you know, disability isn't considered a normal thing. And you and I both know that's not true. I mean, one in five Australians have a disability. So I consider my body very normal, so I think It's all about educating and really showing that, you know, disability is a normal and an okay thing, and all bodies within that group are inherently okay as well.
1: Beautifully put. I couldn't agree with you more. Yes, all of us have got a normal body. Whatever body we're in is perfectly fine. Now, Peter, why do you think society is so drawn to criticise and discriminate against disabled bodies and, I guess, disabled women, trans and non-binary women's bodies in particular across social media, especially? That's a
0: really difficult question, and I can only answer it as a cis woman. I think a lot of the time people don't like to feel challenged or threatened by what the idealized form of beauty is we've been fed in society at least since the 1950s if not longer about an ideal form of beauty and I think particularly with social media we've been given the tools to really illustrate how diverse beauty can be and I think unfortunately it's taking some small areas of society a little bit longer to catch up and to really appreciate that everybody can be beautiful, everybody is beautiful. And I hopefully with more and more work and more and more visibility and representation, people will start to feel like they're self-reflected and also everybody is included and represented within the conversation and more acceptance will occur. Fingers crossed.
1: Exactly, fingers crossed, but I think you highlighted something really important there is that it's a multifactorial sort of issue where it's layer upon layer. And I think in some ways social media and other things has highlighted that it's not simply just one thing, it is actually multiple things at work. So when we're talking about disability, it's deconstructing ableism at the same time as tackling body image, at the same time as talking about culture and so on. So I think you kind of really wrapped that up beautifully. Thanks for that, Peter. Now, body image issues are, in fact, mental health issues, and I think that's something really important to highlight. In fact, they can spiral very quickly into debilitating conditions that affect everything from self-esteem to eating to exercise and relationships, even to what people wear. And you, Peter, are very fashion-forward. I absolutely love looking at your instagram to see what outfits you're going to pick to wear is this something that's simply just natural to you or do you choose to make fashion choices that specifically combat ideas around body image and disability
0: since starting my podcast i've really found that people with obvious disabilities and i'm included in that really use fashion to communicate to the wider society of how they want to be seen and considered as people because I think yeah, I really used to worry that people had a preconception of who I was as a person. So I really utilize fashion to reconstruct the narrative of who they thought I was. So the more color I can wear, the more outrageous I can be, or in fact, the more fashionable I choose to be, really, I hope, gives me more personality or more identity, to society rather than that disabled girl over there in a wheelchair, that sort of passive identity that hopefully is is being removed within society. But in fact, that I am an interesting person that people want to come up and talk to. And I've really found that utilizing fashion can be a great way to start conversation that isn't about my disability. So instead of people asking me, What happened to you? Why are you in a wheelchair? People
1: will come up to me and say, oh, I love your skirt. Where did you get it from? Yeah, that's wonderful. I was just about to ask you exactly that, whether or not it's become a really good conduit to create conversation, and clearly it has. That's fantastic. Peter, in what ways or examples have you seen a criticism of a person's body or how they present that body? manifest into mental health issues you know maybe in that person or in the world around you to be honest I haven't yet really
0: experienced that much negativity about myself or my identity with my body on social media as yet I know my mate Hardy Anderson who I did the walk down Burke Street with has and when she announced that we were going to do that she her content went viral and it ended up in some very interesting hands as far as trolls and their perspective of what bodies have the right to be displayed in the way that we did display our bodies in public, in our underwear, in a public street. And I think that has been sort of quite a shock for me, which feels naive, to be honest, but I just sort of think like it's my body if I feel like doing that and I'm not hurting anyone then I don't see why anybody else should have an opinion on my body. My body's just my body.
1: Yeah absolutely I think it says a lot more about the person that's criticizing than it does about the person that unfortunately that sadly ends up on the receiving end of that criticism and Again, we still have some way to go, you know, but I'm very glad that it's not something that is always personally uh, something that you're feeling or experiencing in terms of that kind of trolling. That's good to know that not everybody is on the receiving end of it all of the time. Uh, Peter, people of all ages are very susceptible to the mental health effects of body image expectations, criticism, and the portrayal of bodies around them, but younger people are likely more susceptible and impressionable. And we all know that the teen years are particularly brutal as we sort of work out what our value is and what the value of our body is in the world as well. What was your body image like as a teenager and I guess in particular as a disabled teenager, if you were to look back now? Really, I never felt like my
0: body was good enough. I I constantly compared myself to able-bodied classmates and I was really cognizant of the positive response people had to other classmates that I had. And it was very clear that I was not the body that was probably being laughed after or being wanted or being put on a pedestal. So I sort of went into my shell for a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say that I wanted to hide because I I was never that person and it's pretty tricky to hide when you have an obvious disability, people tend to look at you by default, but it has taken me a very, very long time for me to be okay with my body just as it is. Um, And it's an ongoing battle uh, for me as well. I constantly have to keep my thoughts in check and to be like, no, you're very lucky, Peter, to have a body that does what it does. Yes, it can't walk, but I have many privileges that probably other people would love to have the ability that I can do. So I really try to frame my mindset of, look at all the amazing things my body does versus what it looks like. And that's what's important.
1: That's a fantastic piece of advice. Can you share any other advice that you might have in terms of what that journey has been like for you to come to a point of acceptance of your body, some of the things perhaps that you've, or skills or tools that you've used to tackle your own body image or inherited body image issues from the world around you?
0: I think it's important to make sure that you have areas in your life that allow you to feel confident and happy that aren't on the basis of what you look like because in the end none of us are going to look like you know as young as we are today we all have aging to contend with uh, all our weight fluctuates so I think if you tie your confidence totally on how you look of course it's going to be a very challenging time for you so I think if you can find a passion or a hobby or which I know sounds a little bit reductive, but I really feel like for me having a reason to get up in the morning, having a reason to talk to people and feel like I'm making an impact that has nothing to do with the way I look has really helped me become more positive even more positive and okay with the way I look because the way I look is an added bonus, particularly when I love an outfit that I have on, I think, yep, I look great. But even if I don't particularly love my outfit that day, it
1: doesn't mean what I'm doing is any less worthy. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I couldn't agree with you more. I think having that purpose helps you to find identity and value in things that are so far outside of the image of your body. And like you said, we are, we're all in a progressive stage of change like nothing about us is ever going to be the same from one day to the next so building your whole self-esteem and confidence around that is fraught with a disaster because it's all going to change whether you want it to or not there's only so long you can fight aging and everything else eventually everything's going to droop and change shape so um, it's better to find value somewhere else fantastic advice now peter if you could go back and talk to your younger self. Imagine a 10 talk style about body image as the teenage version of yourself. What would you say to her now? What have you learnt? I think I would
0: say to her, hang on, it will get better. Um, Yes, the way you're feeling probably will always be in the back of your mind somewhere. Like I'm human. We all go through stages. But I think... As we get older, we have more areas in our life that we can attribute value, Um, whether it be our loved ones, our work, what we achieve in life, um, whether we volunteer, all those sorts of things that take away the value of how you look. So I think if I could tell my younger self that how I look really doesn't determine how good a person I am, or what sort of impact on having as an adult, and it really doesn't matter
1: what I look like, I think that would be really, really helpful. Yeah, I'm sure that younger Peter would have loved to have heard that from you, as all of our younger selves would probably benefit from that exact same kind of advice then there are a lot of people out there who would be listening today who are in their own personal struggles with the body image, or perhaps they've got, you know, young children or teenagers at home that are currently right in the thick of suddenly realizing that their body is something that people are going to comment on or talk about, those kinds of things. Is there any advice, I guess, that you could give to anyone listening um, who is having that struggle today on how they can you know, look at themselves in the mirror perhaps or feel themselves in the clothing that they're wearing in a slightly more positive light. Like what's one tiny, minuscule step that they could take today that might help them to alter the way they feel about their body image? This is probably a little bit less inspirational than you're you're after,
0: but I always would encourage someone to go and talk to a professional about it. We have amazing organisations in Australia Um, particularly the Butterfly Foundation that can really help people so if it's an ongoing issue for you if it's not a fleeting thought at the start of your day and it's something that really takes up your thought I would really encourage you to go speak to to a professional but if it's an issue that you feel like you can manage but it's just frustrating for you or something that you really wish you could improve about yourself I think I would just say to try and remember how lucky we are to have bodies that breathe that we have a heart that beats without us having to think about it and all the things that we can do every day that take no thought and try and appreciate how amazing it is that we have the lives that we do a little cliche, but that
1: really helps me. That's beautiful advice. And like you said, you know, the Butterfly Foundation, they're a wonderful resource. And I'm sure that we will, of course, post tags as well when we post uh, this episode online so that people can reach out or seek any professional help, like you said, is really important. But yes, gratitude, just being simply grateful for the fact that your a body that is doing all of this work for you without any effort on your part really any obvious conscious effort on your part is so beautiful to be grateful for that uh, life that we have and that's very poignant advice from you peter now one final question for you before we wrap up you actually have another very exciting body image event coming up this time teaming up specifically with fashion which i know is well and truly up your alley and i'm very excited about it and i believe this event is actually open to lots of people across Victoria. So can you please take our audience through what the event's all about, why you're doing it and how they can get involved if it's open to them?
0: I am very proud to say that I am a proud participant of the PayPal Melbourne Fashion Festival as part of their culture program. Heidi Anderson and I are back at it again, and we are doing a flash mob to prove that everybody is beautiful that all bodies are beautiful. So we're interrupting the Fashion Festival on the 8th of March, International Women's Day. While people are sipping their champagnes and hopefully with many of your listeners and other people that want to come and join us, we're going to come out in our underwear and celebrate our bodies just
1: as we are in front of the fashion industry. Fantastic and such a wonderful industry to tackle in terms of body image. They can be so instrumental in positive change. Kudos for you getting involved in that. Well done to Heidi as well. I look forward to seeing everybody celebrate their glorious bodies. And if you're listening at home, I will of course be making sure that all of the details of how you can get involved in that will also be as part of this episode going live. So, Peter, this has been yet another fabulous chat with you about something slightly different to this time, which is wonderful. Thank you so much for spending your time and sharing your personal insights with us here on Brainwaves today. Thank you so much, Fleck. It was a pleasure talking to you. And as I say, we can't have two
0: people in a flash mob. So if any of you listening would like to join, please, I encourage you to do so. It's one of the most amazing things you can ever do.
1: Fantastic. Now, if you'd like to follow Peter on social media, you can head to her Instagram. Her handle is at Peter Hook, which is P-E-T-A-H-O-O-K-E. You can also tune into her brilliant podcast on all your usual platforms. That's the I Can't Stand podcast. I highly recommend tuning in. Fabulous, Grace, so much insight. You'll absolutely love not just Peter, but everything she has to share. You'll also find all the details about the fashion event on Peter's Instagram, but we'll be posting links to that as well. If you are available, please do get involved. It's certainly time that we tackle body image for society as a whole, and this is a fantastic way to do it while being right in front of the fashion industry. Now, you can also catch us here on Brainwaves on 3CR, 855 AM on your dial, same time, same place next week, or tune into the podcast on the 3CR page or via Spotify. As I sign off today, I'd like to remind you that your mental health is of equal importance to your physical health. So if you're yet to bring them into harmony together today, please do so now by taking a nice deep inhale, a full exhale, please show yourself the kindness that you so easily show to others around you because you deserve to feel that same level of love and respect. I look forward to joining you next time on Brainwaves.